Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. We are back with another episode of the Humanities Table podcast. Um, I just simply want to stop and say thank you to all those who are listening out there, those who are sharing and streaming and all the things. It means the world to me. Um, I mentioned this last episode, but I'm currently off social media um, just to continue to cater to the needs of my heart and my mind and ultimately for the rest of my soul. And um, this podcast has been very therapeutic for me. Um, It's a place where I come every week and devote anywhere from 45 minutes to two or three hours um, on research and going through archived files uh, of creative content to come back and create this beautiful culmination of story to share with you. Um, And speaking of stories, that's exactly where we are on today's episode. We are going to be looking at the journey um, for all humanity be that it is completely different here domestically in America or somewhere around the globe. We've all got experiences and ultimately those experiences shape us contingent on the way that we perceive them. Um, Thank you for being here at the table, humanity's table, where healing happens through the art of understanding. Untitled, Zero One. My boat left the bay, and I vowed not to look back, but I promised to return into revolt. I crack a smirk as I have fought to find results. I witnessed wars waged against the innocent. I watched those die due to ignorance. I felt the weight of God resting on my chest. The very pain I felt was dire to my quest. My ship was pushed and it was battered. The waves would wound my very vessel. The wind would howl among the night, yet I'd advance another level. I dare say that on my darkest day, my ship was overturned. And as I'd weighed, I was afraid that there were lessons I could learn. I had the choice to use my voice. And as I cried, no one was near. I had to fight against the sea and all its creatures filled with fear. I had to learn to kick my feet and to live within the truth in every way. When I thought to stop my strokes, it was my doubt that made me pray. No lighthouse within the distance, yet I was sure that I saw the shore. But in the wake of every wave, I was invited to explore. The thought of death had plagued my mind, and it too tried me several times. But healing hands held me afloat and to allow me to rewind. The initial thought that led me out to sea, the revolt I sought to set the captives free. I lost my sight, I went to lights, my mind left me for days. Now I give credit to the sea as I wash home into its ways. When I was found amongst the sands, I had but one comment to say. The voyage laid amongst your soul may cost you every inch of life, but in the gift that is your battles will be the map. such a beautiful piece uh one that i've grown to love over time it is uh titled untitled zero one i think at the time i just couldn't quite pick a name for it but if i could go back and choose it would probably be titled something like the wind and the waves 
necessary elements that affect our everyday lives. Um, this piece is actually a poem from my first book titled Humanity's Table. I know that many of you have that out there, and I absolutely love that if you're here. It simply details the journey of our humanity and explores how many of us endure hardship and struggle in our own unique ways. And you know, just like I know, that the growth held within many of those moments, many of those instances that we experience is completely contingent on our interpretation of the issues as they come. Last episode, we talked through a deeply held biblical belief of mine that states that all things are working together, both for God's glory and for your good. Which means, or could mean, that the frustrations that you feel based on what you deal with daily could indeed be indicators of your purpose here on planet Earth. But it all comes back to perception. Let's pop back to the poem. The imagery held within the poem actualizes a person out at sea, one who voluntarily or involuntarily left the bay, in a boat, floating out within the ocean, on a mission to see, experience, endure, and understand what awaits in the great beyond. There were cold, lonely nights, a boat that gets battered and broken by the waves, ultimately a vessel overturned, cries that went out into the unknown without an ear to hear them. Fear and doubt came about with swimming in the deep, thoughts of demise, creatures beneath the surface that he or she cannot escape, faith that emerges from failure, an understanding that emerges through finding purpose within the pain, learning that life happens to separate us from our selfishness, and it can actually set us up to serve others well if we let it. It's a beautiful thing, but that's not to say that it's not a heavy burden to bear. You know, in my reading journey, I have a number of people in my life that continue to provide incredible resources for me to soak up and simply meditate on that can be very um, formative for our minds and our hearts, especially as we experience the hardship of life. And I recently ran across this incredible quote, and I want to share it with you because I feel like it's so perfect and form-fitting for our time today. From time to time in the years to come, I hope that you will be treated unfairly so that you will come to know the value of justice. I hope that you will suffer betrayal because that will teach you the importance of loyalty. Sorry to say, but I hope that you will be lonely from time to time so that you don't take friends for granted. I wish you bad luck again from time to time so that you will be conscious of the role of chance in life and understand that your successes are not completely deserved and that the failure of others is not completely deserved either. And when you lose, as you will from time to time, my hope is that every now and then your opponent will gloat over your failure. It is a way for you to understand the importance of sportsmanship. I hope you will be ignored so you know the importance of listening to others. And I hope you will have just enough pain to learn compassion. Whether I wish these things or not, they're going to happen. And whether you benefit from them or not will depend on your ability to see the message and your misfortunes. This is Greg Lukanioff in his book, The Coddling of the American Mind. You know, these words aren't mine. 
although I do admit that I wish that they were. They challenge all areas of Western perspective and acknowledge injustice on a number of levels, truly attempting to create equality across the spectrum of human experience. I adore these words because they shine a light on the beauties that exist within the burdens that many of us bear. And they shine a light on how many of us have become so insular in our autonomy and pampered by our privilege that we are no longer proximate to objective problem and pain. So when the injustices within our own individual world do occur, we are so affected and offended by them that we miss the messages that very well may exist within them. The words within the book are one thing, but the title of the book is another. The coddling of the American mind. You know, to be coddled simply means to be pampered, to be waited on hand and foot, to be spoiled or spoon-fed. Now, I'm not here to play judge on what is objectively an issue or an irritation, but I am here to invite us into the notion of what it means to live fully without evading offense when it occurs. If we can just be real for just a minute and talk about the collective that exists within the West, I would argue that most of us get pissed off when we can't find a parking spot in Target parking lot. Or we find irritation when a particular narrative is dominating news headlines, like the cycle of media doesn't exist to keep us in disarray and disparity. We get upset when the Wi-Fi isn't working or when Siri won't respond to the commands that we speak. But we won't put on our activism caps for Flint, Michigan residents who still don't have clean water or get in close proximity to people within a community movement that we don't support because our belief system is, quote-unquote, built different. Or we won't even simply extend empathy or compassion to individuals who are having experiences that we're not adjacent to. We fixate more on our first-world problems that create a glitch in the matrix of our perfectly curated realities, and we won't keep an open heart and mind to those experiencing the extremities of an outside issue until... They directly affect us. And this is both damning and dangerous. It is one of the many ways that the American mind is indeed coddled. I think to create in great contrast and bring just a little bit of clarity to this moment, I should detail a little bit about the darkness or perceived darkness that many of us experience and how it can actually be a very beautiful benefit to our lives. Barbara Brown Taylor and her beautiful, wonderful, amazing book, Learning to Walk in the Dark, puts it like this. The way most people talk about darkness, you would think that it came from a whole different deity. But no. To be human is to live both by sunlight and moonlight, with anxiety and delight, admitting limits and transcending them, falling down and rising up again. To want a life with only half of these things in it is to want half a life, shutting the other half away where it will not interfere with one's bright fantasies of the way things ought to be. I believe that what our good sister Barbara Brown Taylor is trying to say here is that it's beneficial to us to be proximate to pain. And maybe I'm on the opposite edge of desire, but I want nothing more than a full life. I'm not here to gloat or flex some sense of spiritual authority, but I do want to vulnerably offer up a prayer that I prayed in early 2017, one that was rooted in pain. 
During this church service that I was attending, the teacher at the time shared that he had just lost one of his children, his baby girl. And in losing his baby girl after wrestling with God in prayer for her safety and stability, she lost the battle. They lost the battle. I remember weeping amongst hundreds of others who were gathered in the auditorium as well. It brought a real sense of brevity to life. I walked out to my car. I began on to I-85 heading south from Atlanta to Hogansville. And I just remember talking to God. And somewhere within those jumbled words and utterances, I remember stubbornly, but truly praying for pain. Now, I know y'all like this brother crazy. Why would you pray for pain? You got to be a dumb dumb to ask God for something like that. But just follow me for a second. It's not that I was asking for pain so that it would somehow season my story or make my life somewhat more significant but that I could just become more proximate to the realities of life that affect us as everyday people. Not just here in America, but also feeling and being more proximate to the pain of those who gather globally. Looking back, I, I don't know what I was asking for. That was a wild prayer. But I do believe that I've been the benefactor of many blessings that came as a byproduct to that prayer. Because honestly, I think my heart's prayer was different from the ones that my lips spoke. And I'm grateful that God knows that. What I really think that I was praying for was to see the messages that exist within the issues as they came. That I could somehow pull ideology and inspiration from the obstacles that came set before me. That I could see God's glory in the grief. And that I could see the light and life that exists within lament. As we end our time here today at the table, I wonder what you're asking for in prayer. Or if you're not a praying person, I wonder what your mind is meditating on. And if you're not a thinker and you're more of a feeler, I just wonder what you're sensing in this season. Whatever your intentions are, whatever you're enduring in this moment, know that I'm praying for a collective encouragement to us individually, that we would pack up our privilege that we would flourish when faced with issues and that we wouldn't fit in and fold up neatly in the face of objective pain wherever it decides to show its face. This is a real thing. That if we could look for the messages that exist in our misfortune, if we could become more proximate to pain, if we could fold up our privilege and get out of our insular bubbles that are keeping us from the real raw lived reality of other people out there in the world, then we might become more aware of what solutions we can provide to the problems that exist within the worlds around us. As always, I hope that this episode has evoked thought and inspired you to some type of action. So until next time, I hope that you're identifying where your heart breaks in the world and that you're using what you've been given, those wonderful gifts of yours, to bring healing to that particular place. I'll see you next week. Go in peace.